You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Lila De Magales. Lila, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Lila, we're going to talk about your show um, that just came down, Involuntary Earthling. It was uh, January 6th through February 18th of this year, 2023. So... Uh, really interesting show, and I'm really looking forward to talking about it. To to start with the the title, if we can, which I really love, Involuntary Earthling. You know, that made me wonder if I am an involuntary earthling. I mean, I am, right? Um, <laughs> you know, that's me. But um, um, can you tell me a little bit about that? Because, of course, it you know, sounds a little bit like... Yeah, I had, this, I had this title in my head while making the show, but I kept questioning whether it seemed too heavy somehow, like the sort of, you know, sense of like, I didn't ask to be born, and now I'm here trying to figure it out. Um, but then I just decided, like I tried to look for other ones, and I just decided that that felt true, and that there was a sentiment of disorientation, and um, of like trying to f- find the sense of home, and this kind of pure existentialism um, of that, those two words somehow just made sense to me. Well, that's really interesting, that kind of existential idea of finding home, you know. I mean, I don't know if it relates to, to the idea of also kind of living off the earth, right? You know, sometimes it seems to me in the past year, in some interviews I've done, artists are working with, um, ideas of what life would be like after Earth, right? Like we're living somewhere else, you know. Our ancestors mm-hmm. were Earthlings, kind of thing, um, mm-hmm. which is a it, which is a kind of an odd system of not hope, right? It's not like will this planet die or, or you know global warming. It's just that we will be somewhere else. Um, is it is it at all like that? Like you're talking about spaces other than Earth? Um. I think more sort of the awareness of of the absurdity of like our location of you know sort of um, admitting or having this like moment like mm, put things into perspective. So yeah, kind of like feeling small, purest earthling that I could come up with, which was quite literal, was the worm, and um, I so I kind of started there. And the worms sort of came in as imagery to represent a lot of different things, but one of them being just sort of these simple bodied wiggling things that are sort of like lodged in and locked in and seem to like belong that you know like sort of like be of the earth so much that I like have like envy you know I'm like, wow, they like know where they belong, and they're just going about their business and their food and their home is made of the same material, and they're just sort of plowing down there and so sort of yeah, they've became kind of like a symbol of that, and then I brought in the stars just to like <laughs> just like to completely turn the perspective um and sort of look up, so yeah, it's quite a stretch, but Maybe if you so let's let's go through those. I like that. There's, 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 a, there's a right. No, let's go through that because there's the there's the earthworms, which are you know right have a a completely different relationship with with home. And then there's figurative work. There's interior work that's that's also 
really about something internal. Um, so, so let's go through some of them. In, in, in Voluntary yeah. Earthling that you're talking about, um, you know, which I think is the Voluntary Earthling 2, uh, 3, 4, there are these glazed ceramic panels. I mean, I want to go through them because you, you're using different mediums here, right? So let's talk about yeah. the worms a little bit. Those are, um, yeah, you know, four glazed um, actually, ceramic. Yeah, panels, or is that not it? They, I would say, they sort of like rustic tiles. Like they're not angular, so they're just slabs. Like I just rolled some clay through a slab roller and then made these reliefs that are representing interiors quite literally like um, interiors of a home but also for me they were like interiors like emotionally like inside of corners of myself and sort of leading the viewers around Um, and they were in fact the first things I made for the show and they felt very raw and um, intense and the worms are cohabitating in the, this house with a woman and um, yeah different things are going on like the worms sort of come in as actors to well one uh, on one side kind of give the feeling of like they don't really belong there they're not a domestic animal and they're kind of you know they feel to me in some pieces like intrusive thoughts or something that's like bothering you or that like they've sort of wiggled in to remind you that like um you're not quite feeling at home in your own space um or you're like having to share it with these kind of salty characters um and yeah there's like the bath scene which was the first one and it one kind of like oblivious to what's going on she has her eyes closed and she's just sort of like throwing her hair head back and she seems quite relaxed. And meanwhile, there's all these worm characters surrounding and her. And what's the title of that one you're talking about the, now? That that glazed ceramic is, is which one that you're talking about with a woman in it with her hair back? Is that... Yeah, it's, I think it's number one. Um, it's the one, like, that's the bathroom scene. Okay, it's a bathroom scene where there's like a yeah, like a, a tub in there. Um, there's can't find yeah, the sun switch the and, and the wonders of of Epsom salt. They're both in the bath, I think, right? The, the wonders of Epsom salt is the one. I mean, um, the other one is a living room scene. Um, okay. The yeah. So the one with Epsom but, salt, right? This is this is woman in 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 a bathtub in a room and interior, and it's kind of like an amazing for me sort of magical interior because it almost looks like those miniature worlds you can get into. But in, in, yeah. to go back to what you were saying, there there are worms in there. What look like huge worms, um, yeah, intruding in the space and moving around the bathtub that she's immersed in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she um, she seems sort of oblivious to what's going on, and there's worms of different sizes, and and one of them staring into the mirror, which is one of my favorite moments in the show, is like the worm with like a strange little hairdo looking at himself in the mirror and he looks kind of distraught. There's a sort of hopeless hangover in his face or someone that's like depressed or, you know, there's not much joy in that expression, but it never ceases to make me laugh. There's something very tragic and funny to me about that face 
But yeah, well, about the about the worm. Going suddenly, as though the worm is suddenly recognizing himself, right or herself. Yeah, there's like a moment of confrontation, like of self. Yeah, of like self confrontation, where you're just like, "Yep, here we are. Things aren't looking up." But then, every like all around, there's like this wiggling going on, and yeah, there's like it's a mixture of like celebration of like sensuality. And also the sort of existential dread of, um, yeah, just kind of feeling out of place. I think that's kind of the what this show is made of. So it's sort of like started off with these very um, kind of queasy pieces, which I really enjoyed also working with the perspective of these reliefs. I've never done that before, like making reliefs, and it just seemed like a very direct translation of my drawings into like a new body and it felt like something that I should have been doing all along but it just like fell into my lap when I was working at Suro in Guadalajara um, at the ceramic factory and um, yeah so I really enjoyed like making also the spaces have like kind of made up perspectives which sort of make you feel a bit like vertigo or just it's not quite right like working with like the spatial feeling was also like psychologically interesting to me. Right, it almost feels like the contents of the space is is spilling out almost, right? Something like that. Yeah, or like it's sort of caving in in places that are seeming too tight, and then yeah, that things are like coming forward, and like it's sort of not behaving according to the law of perspective or gravity. Um, but kind of suggesting it. So I think it's, it rests in a sort of uneasy in-between place, um, which I enjoyed. I like that. I want, I want to talk about another ceramic before talking about um, other, other mediums here and, and different work. Mm-hmm. There's another one called, which seems to, another one looking in a mirror, Interior. Dysmorphia is a pretty name. I don't know if this came after those last one, but here's another another image of, uh, of someone looking in the mirror and in this case seeing something completely different than their reflection, right? Which is, as I understand it, the definition of dysmorphia, right? You, you perceive yeah. yourself uh, other than who you are. Like, for example, seeing yourself yeah. tremendously ugly when you're not or, or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Can you tell me about this one? Because this, like the one we just talked about, yeah, seems to have this kind of psychological depth or symbolic depth, and and this one is is getting even deeper into that because we're right into uh, you know an issue that's that's real and almost impenetrable, right? Yeah, um, that piece is pretty. I mean, I really have been working with like the mirror in my work. I think as a way to sort of point out that I'm working with, like, interiors of, like, you know, my interior world rather than, and then, like, that in contrast or, like, not even in contrast, but, like, the coexistence of internal realities and external realities and that layering of of those things are really, like, what my work is sort of dealing with is, like, how does my interior world, like, friction with the things that are around me and like what's filtering in and what's coming out and with that one it was yeah just a very classic kind of like teenage girl feeling which I think most people have experienced unfortunately of like 
having a completely distorted view of who you are, like what you look like, or, you know, even, for me, it wasn't even so much, well, because it is, like, about insecurity or, like, mis- misunderstanding or, like, um, of it, just, you know, a lack of self-acceptance, um, so, which I think most women have gone through, especially in their early years of just feeling, um, yeah, like, there's, like, a a disconnect between what is there and what is felt internally and um I think but for me more so than just like point like talking about like body image stuff, it was like a way to tell the audience like I'm dealing with my interior life here, you know, like what you're seeing outside like as as illustrations of things happening in the world because my images often do depict like are figurative and are like depicting things like out in nature or like you know a scene like I'm not just doing like abstract painting where I'm like red like blood and like passion like I'm using illustration which is a pretty weird way to attempt to talk about feelings <laughs> um because feelings aren't literal like that but that's what I attempt to do so this is sort of like telling the viewer I'm I'm inviting you into my internal world and this is what it looks like in there and it's not always pretty <laughs> yeah 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 of course and I like that and that's that's what um you know seems to be of such a piece in this show and in this in this work you know that that not not that you know um it's it's all about things not looking as they appear, but that it, there's this interior world, and and um, that, that it seems so much to point to. And the the other, there's another one called Ride Home, um, a different medium, and it's what you mentioned earlier. You were working with worms, and then you started looking to the stars. Um, but this piece is is, is figurative and, and almost narrative, right? We have. Um, mm-hmm. We have a figure um, all fours and, and, and stars bursting through the sky. It seems like uh, something mystical is happening here, right? Uh, that's how I read it as a vision. And this is this is dyed fabric, uh, chalk pastel. So this is um, also an unusual medium, right? You're, you're, um, you're not- yeah, and it's embroidered. So all of the the pieces on fabric all have embroidery. So it's like my drawing done in. Um, thread and then so first <laughs> I collect old bed sheets and then I dye them and that's sort of the base of the painting but I'm not really doing it with much control or um, you know sort of a plan because and which is nice like there's a sort of lack of control in the tie dyeing process which I welcome because then I have not a blank canvas to start with which makes me just react to it rather than start, you know, with just like mm, a really conscious first gesture. And mm-hmm. so I just stain these old bed sheets. Sometimes they already have prints on them, like domestic sheets do. And um, I sort of like the symbolism of them being bed sheets, even though like, it started off as just me being like, well, it's cheap fabric. I'll just go to the thrift store and get like a large sheet of cotton, you know, but then I sort of, because the textile world is so expansive and the symbolism of different kinds of textiles is so, it's so vast that I was like, I'll just stick to this. And I also like 
the relationship to the subconscious or the place where your body, like, the, where, like, the physical reality and, like, the place of, like, the subconscious and, like, of dreams, like, coexist and the place where people spend so much time physically but, like, not quite being there. So, and, like, wrapped in these sheets. So I kind of like that they're, in my mind, like, charged with, yeah, that kind of life that they've had. And then once they died, I will start drawing on the fabric. Sometimes I already have an idea for a drawing, and sometimes the stains themselves will sort of, like, give me ideas of, you know, like maybe it will look like an interior space or a landscape, or I'll see, like, a stain that looks sort of like the body of a spider, and I'll like, start there. Um, so this one in particular, there's also um, bleach used on it. So... It's really just like a strange off gray and yellowish, pretty like unattractive sheep, but then it turned into this glowing landscape of, yeah, this woman that's crawling on all fours. She seems to have lost all her clothes or taking them off apart from these dainty little party shoes. So you're kind of wondering like, hmm, where did she come from? Like, how did she get lost tonight? But uh, yeah, so she gets to the stream and in the stream there's a tiny little red house, and to, and then behind her are all these stars, and some of them are, like, riding her back, and they look quite mischievous. Um, th- that piece to me was, like, felt about, yeah, like a, a search for home and uh, of disorientation of, like, the really big. And um, that's, like, her, a moment where she finds a little house and she's like has tears in her eyes and it's just this feeling of belonging even though she doesn't really fit in the house so it's more like I guess a a feeling than a real thing or a place Um, Mm. yeah 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 very interior again very interior I I I love that I want to talk about one more before we go and um, Mm -hmm. it's called lunch date it's it's another one that's that's of course produced the way um, the one we just discussed was was produced, yeah. um, and um, you know, right home. But uh, but lunch date is 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 quite different. And you know, again, these are all like so remarkably different in a way. This is um, done the same way as I understand it, and it, and it seems that there's to be worms in it or something like that. But but there's also two faces that are now. Um, <laughs> Like they're not, they don't have a body there. They look almost surreal. Something else is happening here, completely. Although it does look also like something dreamy or something from an unconscious state too. Yeah. So this the show. I mean, the, when I started making this show, um, it started with the works we talked about in the beginning of um, being sort of, you know, the feeling of being stuck with your own overactive mind and. Um, intrusive, repetitive thoughts and queasy unease, and then <laughs> the the woman, this figure that's sort of leading you through the show without any kind of linear narrative, but the narrative was like my diaristic like development through going through my own life and making work. But so towards the end, when I made that piece, she's sort of like bro- broken out of the house or this like uncomfortable place. Um, and she's sort of roaming in the glorious greenery of like the, the beauty of this earth, and trying to like have a good time. And she's 
biting into this flower, this gigantic flower, and the flower has a face, and the flower looks a little bit distraught to be eaten, and she's sharing this flower with some giant worms that are also eating it and wiggling through this other sunflower. Petals that is also looking a bit... like It's like a... It's like a discord between feeling like harmonious with nature or this sort of like fantasy of belonging and sharing and like, you know, we're all one (laughs) with like some characters in nature being like, "Mm, you don't actually belong here. Like you're stomping around in this ecosystem. And so there's like a mixture of moods and there's a lot of characters and some worms are like staring at the viewer through like the flowers but yeah it's quite like a bouquet of different expressions <laughs> I love that I mean it, it, it feels you know um, again like something uh, interior but also uh, the opposite in the sense that it seems almost like a universal mystical experience I don't know if I'm going too far with that but it, it has a kind of a universal feeling to it as a as opposed to um, yeah some something that's specifically interior it's, it strikes me as more uni- universal is that, is that well I try not to i mean I'm really interested in like mythology and fairy tale and all of those wonderful things, but I try not to lean too much on things that I've read or heard, you know, and try to sort of create images that feel like, you know, working with things that you would recognize, but not as a story that's specifically been told. Um, But yeah, I hope that there's like enough space for you to just feel a lot of different things in one piece. I I try to sort of pack, (laughs) like, I think of a composition, not just spatially like on a plane um, or in a painting, but also the composition of elements imagery-wise that I put in them. So, um, you know, there's like a sweetness in that piece of like this sort of floral and and like the, the opulence and it's quite like Baroque. And then there's, you know, you look closer and there's these like kind of yeah, I don't know, like wiggling characters going through this pristine flower and there seems mm-hmm. to be some discord as well as harmony and I like I put enough characters and things and like sensory triggers until it feels alive and that's when I'm like, I'm done, this is it. Yeah, I love that. It's, I'm so glad you went into that more. You know, the palette also for that one seems... Um I don't know, almost a little unearthly, you know. It's it, it feels like we're we're bathed in light or something, you know. That's that's not a mm-hmm. typical landscape. It doesn't it doesn't darken at all. It just seems to get to get lighter and lighter, right? It's kind of a, mm-hmm. a, a wonderful and unusual palette that way to to reflect so much light. Yeah, and you know, I don't. I, I really wasn't sure how this one was going to turn out, and somehow. The embroidered parts being more primary colors, like yellows and pinks, and well, pink isn't necessarily primary, but like it really was not a very attractive sheet. <laughs> and then somehow, um, yeah, I managed to create something that seemed quite alive and light, but yeah, with these 
strange little mysterious moments. <laughs> yeah, with, with and, a lot of yeah, depth like, and, and, and pathos to them, nevertheless, yeah. I love that. Um, Lila, it's great talking to you about this. I, I want to ask you one more question before we go. Yeah. This is a little off topic, but I'm always curious. What, what are you reading at the moment? Um, you know, it's surprising to me that I'm only reading this now, but it seems so appropriate. But I just started reading Memoirs, Dreams, Reflections by C.G. Jung. Um, it's his autobiography. And um, I started going to, like, a Jungian therapist maybe a year ago. And... Um, I got to do this thing called like a sandbox. <laughs> I was always intrigued by it, but I didn't know that much about like I don't know. I I knew something about like his school of thought and like his approach, but when I got to do like sandbox, where you basically like invited to move around sand in a box and then place little objects that there's like lots of on the shelf, and you just intuitively pick things and place them and then spend 45 minutes talking about it and I was like hmm this seems you know there's like a part of me that was fighting and being like this can't be helpful this seems so um I don't know silly and childlike and then it really sort of um, surprised me like how much I got out of it and it just felt like and she's like how did you know that you were done when you placed all the objects like when why did you stop then and I was like because like there was like energetically like a good composition and tension and harmony between these little things and and she's like how did that feel to do that and I was like it felt like making art like it just and um yeah I've just been getting more into um, him and it's been extremely um, revealing to me like how similar I think about making art and the way that he interprets his interior life and um, yeah it's been wild and actually the, the very beginning of the book he I think one of the first or maybe the first dream he describes is about a giant worm and I was like wow well isn't that just a nice coincidence <laughs> or is it one but yeah and so I'm enjoying that and I've actually been laughing a lot reading it like he seems to have I don't know if intentional or not but he's got a good sense of humor or it <laughs> he does it's so interesting it's so interesting Leela I want to thank you for talking with me today I really appreciate your show and, uh, and your time thanks so much thank you so much you're listening to Yale Radio WYBC this is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.